0: I'm <laughs>
1: and welcome back to the flag hunting pod my name is chris and i'm joined by ian and ian Waterrace race at darlington the southern 500
0: oh yeah man yeah i, I had uh you know for the first time since we've started this podcast really i had all sunday to kind of take in the nascar taking all 500 miles and uh yeah there are times during that day where i you know i thought our money was dead and then <laughs> we kind of had a nice little sweat there at the end with danny trying to chase down ej but uh yeah, I mean it for I think just just kind of listening to like NASCAR uh talking heads and the industry, just in gaming industry in general just being a part um of this kind of little corner of Twitter, like I feel like we had a I don't know if it was a hive mind, but I think everyone was kind of on the same page with how they thought the chase was going to go, and it's crazy just um how one race can kind of change the whole complexion of the of the uh playoffs race and I'm sure we'll get to kind of some of your winners and losers um as the playoffs or you know through one race in the round of 16 but uh yeah certainly some teams that you know aren't feeling near as comfortable as they were uh just a few hours ago
1: yeah absolutely I mean I know there's a lot of you know very mad people in the industry right now too because it feels like you know how can you how can you continue to handicap and think you know and then you have like fluke like fluke stuff happen like you know Harvick's car literally you know a bonfire on the track and you know, we watch in a matter of minutes we watched the two best cars just blow up in smoke. Like it was wild. It was wild. I mean, you know, the I think that um I agree with the fact that like, yeah, it makes it hard to handicap because you know, a lot of us were on that side or or had had, you know, Martin Trucks or Kyle Bush on our cards or you know, in our case it worked out for us because we had Denny sitting right there. So but I don't think in any means we had the best guy in the track. Um no. so you know it's it's one of those things where it uh it can go either way you know it can go either way in a jiffy yeah. um but yeah i guess to kind of get your overarching thoughts i guess so you know we watched many guys you know end up in the garage band of the night and as you just highlighted or as you just pointed out you know the points race is completely different you know that a lot of people who had that cushiony lead to start don't have it anymore so um you have a segment here ready for me. So let's right. let's let's go that one. Let's go that direction.
0: Yeah. So I do have a segment uh, for Chris here in a little bit. I do want to kind of get your take just on the over on the overall like point of the race. Like everyone's kinda going about or you know, the the kind of take it in the race is like how like obviously Eric Jones was a surprise winner, but you know, we had guys like Chase, like Larson, uh, Truex, Kyle Busch, Harvick, you know, like premier drivers in that field all find trouble. Do you think that's a more of a daunting exclusive thing? Because obviously it has, you know, the the moniker, you know, too tough to tame the lady in black, it seems like, um, Darlan has an aura about it of just being tough on race cars. Do you think that has maybe more to play? Um, just being in that track, is that something that maybe you would, um, think about, you know, adding to your handicap process going forward is just like, you know, no matter what, like, darling, darling, can just tear up any kind of car in this entire race. I, I don't, I don't really know what the angle would be, but do you think just, the high tire wear and just, you know, the 500 miles, that has to have something to play. Like, it's not, this is, I think, outside the Super Speedway, by far the most random kind of 500 miles we've had over the course of the season. I'm sure, um, you know, that's kind of got to be expected at at this place, right, going forward?
1: Well, yeah, that, I guess, and you look at the CookCole 600, too. I mean, the CookCole 600, we had kind of a crazy ending to that, too, where, you know, it kind of had a, you know, a surprise surprise finish to that as well i mean we almost had we almost saw guys like you know like how, how many guys on the lead lap do we have at the end of that race like it almost had like a super speedway feel to it in a sense so um i guess my take is especially after seeing kevin harvick and rodney Chilner's comments you know do we have to consider the fact that these long grueling 500 600 mile races these cars might not be able to hold up right for that for the distance so it might have a little bit more of a uh i don't want to say super speed by field but mm-hmm. there's a there's a chance for more randomness i guess is kind of what i'm getting at um yeah. because i mean i think in a lot of ways a lot of betters it seemed like a lot of the industry was kind of on the same page this week like you like you said mm-hmm. and so a lot of our cards quite literally went up in smoke when you know harvard was on fire and and everyone was all the engines were blowing up and chases you know his dvp clock expires because he you know that was to the fault of his own though. that wasn't really a main engine. that wasn't really a uh a, a car error by any means so yeah i don't know it's, it's hard to say i think to me i think i'd rather just stick to my process and just stick yeah. to stick to what you know and stick to what the stats stat say because that's a variable you can't control so yeah
0: exactly but exactly
1: but, it, but it does make you more open to want to bet like at least have somebody on the card a little further down just in case
0: right or save some units for like a live. i'm not sure what eric jones was priced at when truex and kyle started to have their issues um but all of a sudden he went from you know just trying to salvage maybe a top five or top 10 to being the you know the leader of the final restart with like 25 laps of green flag racing to go so um yeah i don't know i don't particularly think this is going to be something to worry about maybe especially this week i don't feel like i mean you're going to you're going to talk about Kansas more in depth as we get into the preview there but um yeah I, I definitely think this is more of a one off just being Darlington being 500 miles um just the you know the mystique that this track has around, the reputation this track has around it um yeah I think maybe plays a bit more of a role than your typical week so yeah mm-hmm. and you saw that with like like you said it I mean outside of Chase I mean all the guys that went out it was really through and for all their own you know Truex um harvick and uh and bush you know in the space of like what 10 miles I th- and and also it's it's there's something to be said for the fact that it all happened towards the last well like 50 60 laps of the race so like you could really kind of tell yourself the story that these cars were just taking uh, a lot of wear and tear throughout the race and um obviously on kind of a a shorter track you know bumping and banging a little bit i'm sure um kind of affected the uh, the life of the cars there as well. But. Uh, Yeah, let's get into the kind of the segment here because we are through one playoff race. um, And even though, you know, I guess there's still plenty of time, technically two races um, for those kind of in the maybe the bottom five or six in the playoff race, like there's still two races to kind of get things right. But certainly some drivers that would have felt themselves a lot more comfortable this time last week, certainly, um, you know, just in the standings will – yeah, just, you know, they, they've got a lot more work to do maybe going forward. So let's start out by saying, who do you think, who are you more bullish on through one playoff race than you were a week ago? Like, who do you think gained the most ground relative to kind of their position in your eyes last week? Um, you know, obviously a guy like Logano led a lot of laps. I think he's the playoff leader as things stand by when he was up there a lot. Um, a guy that kind of jumped from, you know, mid-pack to second now on the points, Hamlin. Finished second. He finished the best of all the playoff drivers. He's now third. Um, or do you go to a guy maybe like Kyle Bush? Like, do you, like, I'm, you've, you've got to, the error has got to be pointing up for Kyle, despite the fact that his finish was so bad. Just seeing him dominate a lot of that race, being probably the most dominant playoff driver um, for most of those 500 miles. So, kind of, who do you, if you were to make maybe a bet right now, like if you had nothing invested, well, obviously we have Hamlin and Bell uh, positions from before the playoffs started. But, you know, for those, for those people out there that maybe don't have those playoff positions locked in, Um, Is there a guy that maybe grew into your eyes and that you maybe um, you've seen your opinion change the most on through one race?
1: I wouldn't say anybody changed dramatically, but from a standpoint of like, so, you know, you already mentioned that we're we're personally on Hamlin and Seabell. Um, I also have uh, Redick and Blaney car uh, tickets as well, but those are more biased cards um but i will say i guess if i had to pick one guy i think it probably i think it hit the nail on the head and it's probably the easy answer but i think it is joey i think yeah. but i don't think that's necessarily a surprise like i I think i might have mentioned on the group chat pod last week that logano like seemed like a value to me the fact that you yeah. know this is the time of year when he really steps up and he seems like he seems like him and uh him and screw chief are really like hitting on all cylinders right now they're really just like hitting the setups really well they've you know, all of a sudden they're kind of like a qualifying force for like, they're coming out and they're qualifying really well, you know, they're yeah. getting out front and they're leading a lot of laps. So I think Joey's a surprise. I did not expect to see William Byron second and after the second week. I think I actually said on the group chat pod that William, By- William Byron was a guy that I thought could be out after the first round just because he's been too inconsistent. But if he shows anything like he did this past week, you know, he actually might be in pretty good position. Cause I actually do think uh, I have a lean probably for Chevy when we get to Bristol. You know, I think that, you know, yeah. Byron will probably be a guy that I'll be considering when we go, when we get there next week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Hamlin I think we kind of expected Seabill we kind of expected right. Redick I think you know even though I have a ticket on him and I've been biased about him um, he's been very inconsistent so I didn't really know how the playoffs were going to fare for him but I've I've told you I think privately that you know the further Redick makes it the more dangerous he's going to get yeah Um. so you know finishing what was it third I guess this past week it mm-hmm. is huge for him you know I think that consistency is key and, and this is gonna be another good another good track for him as well this week um I think Bristol could be good as well so I think yeah. if he can just stay consistent you know I think he's he's gonna be a player I really do think and I can't remember which it was uh, the uh the NBC analysts all made their picks for the championship four before the race started and one of the one of the guys actually had Riddick in their top four and I was like yeah. I, I actually love that pick so you know we'll see I think um I guess yes I guess answering your question, I'm, I think Lugano is probably my favorite as far as the biggest winner, but I would probably put Redick at second there. I think Redick is is rising quick.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think you know if you can still find him at 16 to one, the book I'm looking at to win the championship, which I don't think has moved uh, since you know he, the chase started. I think him and Bell were kind of about the same price, and to my surprise, despite the fact that guys like Elliott and Harvick and Larson and all those guys had trouble and fell behind them in the standings. I mean, you talk about a guy like Reddick who tends to specialize, I think, on certain places. Like, Reddick definitely has his tracks where he really isn't really content for the win, which is not um, which is not really a skill set I particularly would like. I, I want a guy that I think is just going to be in the mix of the multi-different tracks. But, I mean, you go into the next round. I mean, Reddick right now is fifth in championship points. Um, I think he's, you know, somewhere between 25 and 30 points to the good in terms of that cutoff for the last two races. So someone would... Really have to go wrong, I think, for Tyler to not make it into the round of eight or round of twelve. And then you look at the next two kind of threesomes of races. One, you know, the round of twelve includes a road course at the Charlotte Road. Well, obviously, we know Reddick, um, you know, pretty much every single time at a road course has been right there up in the mix. And then obviously the penultimate race of the NASCAR season and the, the cutoff race for the round of eight, uh, Homestead Miami, which if you know anything about, um, you know, that track, that high line that Reddick and uh, a lot of those dirt guys, Larson, like to run. Um, is fully in play and he should be one of the co-favorites there. So yeah, I think, I don't know if it was privately, I don't know if it was the group chat, but yeah, I think me and you both discussed that the farther Redick makes it uh, clearly the more dangerous he is. So I would not, I would not hate at all uh, that 16 to one price tag, because he's a guy that could, you know, just like bell, you know, he's got the upside to win two or three races as his championship chase goes on. And um, yeah, if you can get a guy to Phoenix at 16 to one, I think you've done your job uh, no matter what you really think of his, uh his, Cases at that track to win, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, let's let's maybe pivot off real quick uh, to maybe some of the guys whose stock has lowered in your eyes. Um, I guess starting with let's start with actually interesting one. Well, let's start with Kyle Busch. Um, obviously, he was the dominant driver. He was you know in position to win or at least come second to Truex there for a lot of that afternoon or a lot of evening there at Darlington. He finds himself now 11th in the championship standings. He is just uh, six points or 10 points, I'm sorry, to the good against Austin Sindrick, who was the 13 seed right now who would be the first man out if the season ended today. Um, arrow up, arrow down. Like, are you are you more optimistic? Because obviously we've seen the speed and we've seen the capabilities that Kyle Busch have had, uh, which is something we, we really couldn't say for the last month or so uh, for the 18 car. Or are you more so in the camp of just more of the same we can't. It's just one of those years for Kyle Bush, Kind of similar in a way to Truex when Truex kind of gave the interview at the end of Arlington of just you know when we have a good car, things just don't go our way. When we have a bad car, we just can't catch a break. So, um, I'd like to get your kind of overarching thoughts in the eighteen, and maybe um, you know just yeah, what 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 do you take away from that team uh, after after that crazy five hundred miles?
1: I think I'm still. I I think I'm gonna give like a neutral like a, like a yellow sideways on Kyle Busch, um, just because, you know, despite the inconsistency, it almost feels like him and Denny have kind of like swapped places from the beginning of the year to now, like early in the year, like Denny was fast, but he was so inconsistent, Mm -hmm. like with his finishes. And now like Denny is like fast and getting the finishes and Kyle's fast, but not getting the finishes. And whether that's contract related, whether it's bad luck, misfortune, I don't know. I don't know if I know the answer to that, but I do think that this is going to be another big week for him and JGR in general. I think, uh, you know, we'll talk about it in a second, but Kyle was the fastest car at Kansas mm-hmm. in the spring um, as far as yep. the total speed metric goes. So, um, you know, I think, I think he's very much in play again this week and I, I I'm definitely not downgrading him this week. Now, yeah. if he has something happen this week, you know, if he blows up again, or if he gets a flat or, A pit road error and it puts him back and he's staying the same or dropping further back um after this round yeah then it's then it's kind of time to hit the alarm signal because you know although bristol is a good track for him um i think more people are in play at bristol we haven't really seen a great um we haven't really had great success at short tracks in general this year just from a racing standpoint so like I don't know how you can what we really know what to bank on other than like starting position is going to be key. So like, right. Um, I don't know you really want to bank on Bristol being like your your race that you need to do well and to to lock it in. Like you don't want yeah. to be pressing. You know you want to if if anything you can, you want to dismay all doubts this week. So yeah, I'm not down on Kyle. I'm not up on Kyle. I think I'm just just flatlined. Yeah. Just, yeah. I think he hasn't really moved for me. I I wasn't really necessarily surprised. to to see him be so fast this past week
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um so yeah i think i mean i still don't think i still don't think he's a championship four candidate though like don't hear me like don't hear me there like i think that i think that he's gonna easily well i'm probably gonna eat my word saying that but he should easily make it to the round of eight okay i think the final four is gonna be tough okay uh, especially, especially with the tracks like leading into the round of eight, you know, I think he could be near the bottom at
0: when we get to the round of four. So yeah, yeah, because he's yeah, because yeah, I, my my to view on Kyle is I think this result last weekend is a bigger like what happened to him at Daunton on Sunday is a bigger. I don't want to say death knell, but it, it's a bigger deal to the 18 team than it is almost to any other playoff driver for me, because I feel like when Kyle has a good car, we know like what his upside is. The problem is when Kyle like is mediocre, we haven't really seen him like go above and beyond in mediocre equipment. So he's got to take advantage of the tracks and of the situations where he is going to, you know, a Darlington, hopefully this week for him at Kansas, you know, and, and these tracks that are coming up that he historically has dominated because, like we talk about like road courses, super speedways, and um, yeah, some of Reddick's like favorite tracks. They they also happen to be some of Koblas's worst tracks, just at least this past kind of year or so. Um, so he's kind of got some tracks maybe that he's going to have to hold on for and not be attacking. So the fact that he wasn't able to to log as many points as he should have um, and really put those in the bank, and and now he's forced um, to be a consistent driver where we haven't really seen him. He's just got no much of air at this point. So. Uh, For me, yeah, I think it hurts the AT. Like if it was like a Hamlin, to your point, if if it was like like obviously Chase had a bad um, afternoon or like a Seabell, like they've just shown to me um, a bit more vitality in the face of adversity. Whereas Kyle, it feels like when he doesn't have it in a given week, like he's just liable to throw it all away. Um, So I think Kyle needed as much more as possible um that being said it's it's always tough to fade the dude that just you know probably should have won the race or at least come second so uh he'll be an interesting uh he'll be an interesting case going forward and obviously um this is a big opportunity for him as we will get to uh in the Kansas preview and then maybe one final one here uh for you we're going to talk about uh Kevin Harvick uh the currently the uh the 16th seed in the playoffs obviously uh, ran inside the top ten, was kind of creeping up into the top five as he, uh, you know, I don't even, do, I don't even want to call it an engine failure. It was just his car caught on fire, pretty much the Literally, dash yeah. caught on fire. Um, was he was pretty candid about post race, but um, yeah. What's what's the way back for Kevin Harvick? I mean, he's still sitting right now at twenty to one, eighteen twenty to one. Is that, um, obviously I know you were pretty high on him coming into the uh, playoffs. Obviously, is this is this too much to overcome? I mean, thirteen points down. Uh, from Suarez and 12th, um, what do you think his outlook is going forward?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a nail in the coffin yet. I mean, does it suck? Yes, because, like, he was – he had a good car. He was gaining. He was probably going to be good for, like, a 5th to 8th place finish, probably. He was going to be really steady in points. Like, I think he was going to be fine. But I don't think it's a death nail yet. Um Kansas yeah. is a good track for him. Um, just historically, looking back, like, the last three times we were here, he's 15th, 3rd, and 2nd. Um, at Kansas, so and we we saw him win at Michigan, and Michigan is like one of the top comps for Kansas. So it's not a death nail death knell by any means. Um, does it suck? Yeah, absolutely. Like you never want to be you never want to be at the bottom, looking up and pressing. um yeah. But at the same time, like you could have made the same argument like what a month and a half ago when he didn't have a win yet. Yeah. They were like everyone was wondering like it's you know at one point it was like Blaney, Truex, and Harvick like which one of those three is gonna be out. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Harvick reels off two wins and everyone's like, okay, this is what this team's capable of. So it's it's not a death nail by any means. It's not a deal, but it's not a death nail. I think, you know,
0: I'm more worried about, like, track house than I am Harvick, to be honest. Okay, yeah. I mean, and you, you think about... Maybe not this week, and, and Kansas has been a, a solid place for Harvick. But the next two weeks after that, he's going to have Bristol, obviously, where he probably should have won last year. Um, and then he has Las Vegas, which is kind of right in the mold of a Kevin Harvick type of track. Texas, uh, actually. It's Texas. Oh, is it, no, the cutoff is – oh, whoops. Okay, I'm looking at 2021. Apparently it's not <laughs>
1: – okay, yeah.
0: my, bad, my bad. I thought. Vegas so we go was- we
1: go Bristol, Texas, Dega, and then the Charlotte course. Okay, yeah. And then so- it's Vegas, Homestead, and Martinsville after that.
0: OK, so I was going to make the case for maybe um, if Harvick doesn't race all that well this week, you maybe put a spec level of future out if he's like 35, 40 to one, because I think he, I like him at both those other two tracks. But, uh, yeah, I don't know about Texas. Texas is a little bit um, would be a little bit off my radar as far as like a Harvick track versus like a like a flat like a Las Vegas. Right.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's definitely better at Vegas. I'm trying to pull up to see what kind of what he looks like at Texas. I don't. I don't think he's been bad. but I don't think it's. I, I would definitely prefer him at Vegas.
0: Put it that way. Yeah. Another thing with Texas is like, if the all-star race is to be believed, and like it's so difficult to pass there, Harvick's not a guy that tends to qualify very well. So like, True. if you're asking him to drive through the field of Texas, assuming he gets to that point in the uh, in the race or in the uh, playoff race, then you know it's it's a lot tougher if you like to win from 20th at Texas than it is um, some of these shorter tracks, but. All right, yeah, so I guess Trackhouse would be the last uh, cars we're going to talk about. I mean, Suarez and Chastain both had their kind of stretches at the top there at Darlington. I was – we were actually on kind of different wavelengths with Trackhouse last week. I was actually kind of bullish on them, and you just really wanted nothing to do with them. And, um, yes, yeah, the race went on. They kind of both faded. Both Chastain and, and uh, Suarez both faded away. Um, I, I do kind of feel like you're right. This is That was kind of their one chance. Yeah. Um, they did show speed, which is always nice, but, um, yeah, they I think they needed Darlington to really kind of solidify themselves as, like, contenders, because I feel like if they're not going to do it at Darlington, like, where are they going to beat these JGR Hender cards at?
1: I don't think that they're dead yet. I do think this is going to be another opportunity for them. Um, I'm really trying to – I wish – I actually do wish Ross has at a better number, because even though I'm talking to myself – even though I say I'm worried about them, yeah. Ross is – if I'm staring at my sheet here, there's only – three guys who have been top 10 in total speed at every kind of comp track, either comp track via similar track style or comp via like the tire code. So it's like five different tracks I'm looking at, which we'll talk about in a second. But Ross is one of those three guys um, where he was, you know, second at Charlotte, seventh at Michigan. This is total speed, not finishes, but second at Charlotte, seventh at Michigan, second at Vegas, third at Pocono, third at Kansas. But the argument is like, you know, it's, you know, how many times I bring this up, you know, during the year, but like, what have you done for me lately? I mean, yeah. when you're looking at, you know, Ross Chastain, we're talking about 14th in drive rating over the last six races, 28th in average finish. Yeah, that's um, the total speed over the last six races. Yeah, and then Suarez, 6th in, in drive rating, 21st in average finish. So, yeah. I think this week is actually their last chance. I think if, the, if something doesn't happen this week, um, they're in trouble. Um, and if, if, Ross, if Ross was sitting where, like, Redick... And Bell are priced. I think I would 100% be on Ross's ticket this week because, yeah. but but the plus 100 isn't quite, yeah, isn't quite enough of a fade for me.
0: Right, and yeah, when you're when obviously we'll talk about the prices later, but yeah, this is kind of the point we're starting to get repeats of the point of the season where Trackhouse is really starting to dominate or really starting to establish themselves as one of the top teams in NASCAR like during the springtime, and so we already were kind of proven wrong I mean Chastain and I mean they weren't bad at uh at Darlington I think Chastain was 11th through speed uh Suarez was 14th so by no means great so you've already kind of seen that decay from Darlington spring to Darlington fall and now if that continues during Kansas like he's just gonna play cross off I think for the rest of the playoffs like because all my thesis about being like okay we had like a six race stretch of like Super speedways, road courses, tracks that didn't really suit their styles, and obviously bad finishes due to um, you know the feuds within the grid that Chastain had. So now, Dalton, I felt like it was a big refresh for them. The fact that they weren't able to get it done there, um, yeah, to your point, uh, is maybe a bigger deal than uh, than some of the other some of the other teams. But uh, all right, yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of our recap of Darlington and our outlook heading into the rest of the round 16, and we go to Kansas here for the second uh, leg of this first round of the nascar playoffs um yeah i'll, I'll let chris uh go, th- go through the track preview then we will go through the betting board and maybe talk through uh some of our favorite outrights heading into the week all
1: right so we are off to kansas city kansas or we head to kansas speedway for the hollywood casino 400 presented by barstool sportsbook pretty cool to see a sportsbook jumping on board here for the presenting title of the race um Shout out Marshall Sportsbook, as a, that's what I use in Pennsylvania for the live streams. So that was a lot of fun. This is one for one caching on Marshall Sportsbook. That's right, that's right. <laughs> thanks, thanks at Picks Five Plays there for the there you go. for the ref, I... for the referral code to get me in there too. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, it is a one and a half mile uh, high speed intermediate. Uh, we will not see as much um, tire fall off as we saw at like Darlington. So we're bringing in just a little bit different tracks this week. Um, but it is your standard, like, D-shape oval track. Um, your most comparable via I, Fancy race. Um, Ryan over there, he's got Vegas and Michigan. He actually considers Kansas like a mini Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you look at the tire combination, so we actually are using a new left-side tire code for this race. Um, they tested this tire code um, at Charlotte and Pocono in the spring. And now we're actually going to be using this same tire code, this left-side tire code, at um Texas and oh crap I took a screenshot this cuz i knew i was going to forget Texas and Vegas so we're going to use at Texas and Vegas for the playoffs so we'll, we'll so we'll be able to um we'll be able to uh reference this again um at, later on in, into the playoffs but as yeah. i say yeah Vegas yeah okay um now as for the right side tire combo the right side tire code is going to be the same um that we ran at Pocono in michigan so uh, we can use kind of the bringing those metrics to kind of look at some um, comparables, which is nice because Michigan, we're also using as a most comparable track as well. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty much the comparable track. So for the model standpoint, obviously, we're going to look at Kansas, all Kansas races from 2019 to now. We're looking at average finish. We're looking at driver rating. We're looking at um, average qualifying position. Uh, we're also looking at the total speed metric at Kansas, and then we're bringing the same four, your average finish, average qualifying, drive rating, and total speed, um, all from 2022, but uh, at those tracks that I've referenced it's for your tire code and your comparables. So we're looking at uh, Pocono, Charlotte, Michigan, and Vegas as the kind of the comparables, and we're looking at those same four metrics, but from this year, so we're using 2022 data. Um, and then obviously, we're looking at like the last six average Last six races average finish and last 15 average finish and drive rating. Um, that way kind of look like a momentum standpoint. So what does the model spit out? So here you go. Number one, Denny Hamlin. Number two, Martin Truex. Number three, Christopher Bell. So JGR, JGR, JGR at the top. Yeah. Uh, you yet Kyle Larson coming at number four. Chase Elliott, number five. Kyle Busch at six. Uh, you can skip this one, but Kurt actually came at seventh. But, well, you know. Kurt's not going to be here, so I guess that slides Tyler Reddick into number seven, Kevin Harvick into number eight, William Byron in at nine, and Joey Logano in at ten. I do want to mention in number 12 is Alex Bowman, and we will be touching on him in a prop scenario. He's got some interesting prop numbers that I want to look at. Um, and I think it's this is this could be, you know, something that I didn't really consider, uh, I think, when we talked about who can get through this first round. But with how he finished this week and a track that's actually good for him, Alex Bowman is going to be on the radar for a guy that I think could sneak through. For a guy that's been just non-existent, to sneak through, that would be huge for them. So we'll be talking about them in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so I guess any surprises from that model or not really? Kind of
0: expected? Uh, yeah, not exactly. I mean, Bowman, yeah, I think that's a good point on Bowman, considering we already talked about or you already talked about liking Hendrick Chevrolets at Bristol next week. So, you know, uh, if he's going to have two straight tracks where he's, um, you know, he rates out really well, then certainly in the 10th spot, he's going to be a definite candidate to kind of continue that momentum from Darlington. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just looking back, just kind of rewatching the highlights from this race and going through the results. I mean, it's, it's kind of team Toyota all the way. I don't know if this is the genesis of Chris's team Toyota, um, kind of obsession that he had to to the second half of this past year, but, Yeah, I mean, just five of the top six um, at Kansas were Toyotas. So we had Kurt Busch winning the race, Kyle Larson, or Kyle Larson finished second. He was the only non-Toyota. Then had Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, and Truex. So literally four JGR cars in the top six, and then obviously uh, the 23XI uh, 45 car getting to victory lane. You look at total speed for that race: Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, top two, like Chris mentioned, Uh, Chastain, Larson, Steve Bell, Truex, Hamlin. So again, five of the top seven total speed uh, were Toyotas. So with the dominant performance that Bush, Truex, Hamlin, Seabell uh, put on display at Darlington, now they go into a place that Toyota's already had a ton of success um, this week. So I I would anticipate uh, my card, and, and, you know, hopefully Chris is on the same page. But, uh, yeah, I would anticipate our cars being full of JGR cars and maybe a couple 23XI props in there uh, for Freeland Frisky.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't know that I'm completely on board with it yet, but I was hoping for a little better number on Bubba because – He's going to be in that
0: 45 car, I really yeah. so. <laughs> tie game is number two. <laughs> I think that'd be a little bit cute, betting the tie game is 40 to one, but uh, let's go ahead and get the odds board if we have nothing else to, uh, to go over for the, for the preview here. And as expected, we do have uh, two JGR Toyotas at the top of the odds board, Hamlin and Kyle Busch. Kyle Larson is uh, six and a half to one alongside them. So three guys at the very top at six and a half to one here on Bovada. Uh, Chase Elliott's, who you know? I mean, I could I can't remember last time we could were able to get a chase Elliott eight to one at a non super speedway, So that's always going to be a little bit enticing there. And then Martin Truex and Ross Chastain kind of um, trail or at the tail end of this pack underneath ten to one at nine to one. So Truex, or, I'm sorry, Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson at six and a half to one, Elliott eight, and then you have Truex and Chastain at nine. Um, Kansas doesn't seem like a type of track where we're going to be going too far on the board. Maybe going to hit a couple big names at the top, and uh, that'll be it for the outrights. But I'm uh I'm interested to kind of hear what your opinions are at the guys on the top.
1: Yeah, I think we've kind of harped on it, and I don't want to sound like a broken record from last week, but I don't really think last week really changed my opinion of anything. Like I think, you know, obviously it's a different track as far as tire wear goes, so you don't want to, but but the stats still speak the same language. If like I don't I don't understand how I'd go any any other direction than Toyota this week. I just I yeah. can't see myself going that way. Um, I mean just looking um this year at all those kind of similar tracks uh, that we've talked about you know denny for example he's he's probably gonna be my favorite again i think Um, i haven't actually clicked on a name here up here at the top but i mean we're talking about as far as finish goes fourth at kansas first at charlotte technically first at pocono but dq'd um and then third at michigan so like you know the only bad race he had was vegas but that was the second race of the year and that's when they had that issue with the front of their car the grill of their car whatever yeah, I'll be um, suck that week. Yeah, yeah. So I I normally try to shy away from betting the same guy like two or three times in a row or two or three weeks in a row because it's, it's not always the most sexy, but it's gonna be kind of hard to talk me out of Denny this week. You know, there's a reason why I bet Denny for the championship. So I, sorry, I guess if if you're bored of this, but you know, I just think I think Denny is it's gonna be hard to talk me out of him really in any scenario. Um, I mean, even from a qualifying standpoint, I mean, I'm not going to bet his qualifying number, but he's, he's ranked second at all these kind of comp tracks as far as average qualifying position goes as well. So, like, you know, he's going to be starting up there. We kind of saw at Kansas earlier this year that, you know, the guys kind of like Texas too, I guess. So kind of a preview for two weeks from now too, but like where they qualify is it's kind of hard to kind of make up some ground, you know, so mm-hmm. it's not really going to be, a fuel mileage race something like that it's going to be like who's going to be able to who's going to have speed who's going to start up front who's going to be able to stay there it's not a war of attrition like darlington is so you know like you said there's not not really a lot of reason to go down the board so Mm -hmm. um i do think like you said i think chase is interesting at eight you know we don't get to we don't get to bet chase very often at eight um you know so you know so many times this season uh we've seen him you know be where denny is and then be like yeah we're not even gonna bet him at that number like he's just he's unbettable yeah. um he does qualify well at these tracks so i will say that's something he does have going for for him. He's fifth in uh qualifying ranked qualifying among all drivers at these contracts but as far as average finish goes he's as an average finish
0: of 16th which ranks 15th among all drivers so yeah. 13th yeah. in the spring as well so 13th in total speed i should say oh spring. yeah 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 uh, which I think was, yeah, he he was actually the lat he was actually the worst-handed driver as far as total speed goes, uh, in the springtime for what that, for what that's worth, uh, with uh, Byron being 11, Bowen being 10th, and Larson being up there in uh, and fourth, um, yeah, I don't know, I like I, I I mentioned it's interesting that Chase is eight to one, but it didn't really ever like cross my mind to be like, oh I oh Chase is eight, like that's an auto click, you know what I mean? Like Chase is just one of those guys that I mean I don't feel like we've really been on him that much. I think the market tends to overvolume just based on, um, you know, the metrics we see week in, week out. Like he doesn't seem like, unless we're at and Glen or road course, like he doesn't seem to be at the top of your models uh, very often. And he's at the top of the odds board, just based on kind of the, the team. Um, I don't even know what to say like just, dominance, I guess so. Yeah. Just, I mean, they're just, we're not even so, dominance, I guess, but like the
1: consistency of
0: like, right. right. They're yeah. just always there, um, whether or not they have the best car or not. So there's some, certainly something to be said for that. Do you, I don't know. Maybe this is getting too far into the weeds, but do you feel like obviously Chase Elliott is kind of the he's kind of the golden boy NASCAR in a similar way to where Spieth is in golf, or um, you know a Spieth or a Rory or obviously a Tiger would be in golf. Um, so when I when I see discounts on like one of those three, I almost get even more weary because I'm like the books know people want to bet Chase, or the books know we want to bet Spieth or Rory. So like why are they putting an eight to one here? You know like I think the books kind of know like. This is a bit of a sucker number. And so like, yeah, let's put put them behind a Kyle Bush, a Kyle Larson, and a Denny Hamlin at eight to one and kind of take all the chase money we can. Um but that that again, that's that might be getting too kind of a galaxy nah, bright I kinda like it. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, like what you Could, talk about that do what they'll take chase money every week anyway. You know oh, yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah, take, yeah, yeah. Like just all like, your
1: yeah, all your casual betters for being the number one uh He's the face Yeah, like the number one fan-supported driver. Yeah. You know, he's going to get his money. Yeah, So yeah, no, I, you know, call it conspiracy, but no, I think I think you're onto something there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think. Uh. I guess to talk about the two guys we haven't talked about yet. I do like Trox and Chastain. Yeah. Um. I know you're shrugging. I know.
0: I, no, but I, know I, but gonna, but I. But but I think. Money. So he's going to cost me so much money because I'm never going to want to bet him, and he's just yeah. going to. Going to all all playoffs long, it's gonna be so frustrating. So Truex ranks second as far as
1: average finish at these contracts, but the numbers don't speak enough to me to like want to bet him to win. So like I definitely could see me playing a prop on him because like I mean, just read you like his finishes. So he's he was sixth at Kansas, twelfth at Charlotte, seventh at Pocono, eighth at Vegas, sixth at Michigan.
0: So like consistent, but I don't know that I want to bet him to win. Yeah. Um. And then Ross, like, yeah. sorry, just to go back to the nineteen real quick, like. All that all that stuff I was spewing about JGR like putting priority on the twenty eighteen and eleven, like you can put that to bed because Truex was driving past Hamlin and driving past Kyle Bush and Christopher Bell like he was the class of that race for so long. So uh yeah, all the um I mean I was I was the biggest after I was the biggest Truex doubter uh heading to the last week at Darlington. We can put that all those doubts to bed. It's gonna be so frustrating because he's uh, like I said, he's gonna be like nine to one. He's gonna show speed every week and I'm be like, do I wanna bet this dude? who has nothing to gain. Um, but yeah, clearly that's, that's just a problem I'm going to have to deal with. Um bit of nuance <laughs> in this playoff format. Yeah. Why, I mean, why couldn't you just got in? We had 28 to one tickets. All you know, you yeah, really. in the we'd be loving it. We'd be, we'd be true. like fans for life, but Austin Dillon, I guess uh, he, he, he cashed some tickets. So how I'm at, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So tricks. Yeah. I think I didn't, I didn't have the doubts that you had, but I saw where you were coming from. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about somebody who proved a lot last week, I mean, yeah. it, it was true. But, again, I mean, but you can look at the other – you can play devil's devil's advocate and look at it and say, yeah, he was fast. But that's the reason why he didn't make playoffs is because of that exact reason because he has something happen and it blew up his day. So, right. yeah, you can look at him either way. But either way, I think the that's number for me is, is too much for me well, to – go ahead.
0: No, I get it. That's kind of an argument, though, against, like, betting on props, though in my opinion, right? Like if you're going to bet, bet yeah, him outright, you know, cause like he's obviously got a car that can win. And then, you know, you kind of mitigate a little bit of the risk of betting him like a plus plus one fifty to win, like to bet like top five or top 10 or what, I'm not sure what his top five or top 10 odds are, but you know, if you're going to, if you're going to bet on trucks to be good, you might as well just bet on to win the race because he's, he's certainly proven he could do that. Um, and you know, I mean, he was, he wasn't the class of the JGR cars in the spring race, but obviously you just said he's, you know, uh, second and can comparable track average finishes. So uh, he's been up there a lot at these type of tracks. I think the, problem he- is, the
1: problem is, I think his number is going to move because DK actually has him at plus 700 on their book to win. Oh, God. Um, he's going to win. His number is going to move. Um, so, I mean, the, I'll, I'll be, just to be completely frank with you, the only reason I haven't placed a bet on Denny yet is because I kind of want to see how the Truex and Chastain numbers shift. Because... I mean, we haven't talked about him yet. I think we touched on him. But Ross Chastain, he's one of those guys where, you know, I think I brought up he's one of three drivers who has finished top 10 at every single comp track as far as total speed goes. Um, you know, second, seventh, second, third, and third. You know, third being at Kansas, seven at Michigan. So you could say the worst of the five were the Kansas-Michigan types. And I just talked about how he doesn't have any momentum. But part of me wants to bet just because I feel like, if, if anything's going to be arbitrary no one's kind of looking at Ross, everyone thinks that he's they're off of him. But I don't know. It's, it's, I could go either way, but I still think, to me, I'm probably going to end up just betting Denny at the top anyways because yeah. it just feels safer. I don't really know. I don't really expect a non-Toyota to win.
0: I was going to say the exact same thing. You just can't talk me off of these Toyotas. Like, at this yeah. point, obviously, Larson, like, he was right in the mix at this Kansas race, you know. But the, the thing is, like, he was like, we, we were saying the same thing about Larson last week going into our Darlington and like, yeah, he had problems that were maybe out of his control, but he was never really relevant in that race before that, you know, he was going backwards for a lot of that race. And I think he started inside the top, like i do not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure where he started, like fifth, six, seven, somewhere in there, mid top 10. um And then he never really like made a pass the lead, you know, like it was, it was a Byron up front and then the GGR cars kind of took over there. So Larson, like, and a track that so many of us, including myself, were so excited to bet him at Darlington. Um, definitely a bit of a um, maybe a, a chick of the armor being shown there by the five car uh, because a lot of us expected, okay, like this is when Larson's going to step up, this is when he's going to make his championship push, and he had nothing for these Toyotas. So I just I, I just don't see myself being talk- like if a Chevy wants to win, then like so be it. But like I I can't. They're the same price. Like Larson's the same price as, as Bush and Hamlin. Chastain's the same price as Truex. Uh, You know, we'll get to some Toyotas maybe down the board later that we like as sleepers. But, uh, yeah, this is just going to be for me. I I don't know what the manufacturer odds are, but uh, it'll be it'll take a lot for for me to get away from JGR.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. That's that was my biggest fear coming into tonight's podcast was like, man, this is going to (laughs) sound an awful lot like last week and and probably before that, because it feels like we've had the Toyota lean for a while. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think – and I kind of yeah, told you before we came on here of, like, I was afraid of sounding like a broken record. I wanted to try to bring up some different points. But at the end of the day, I just kind of wanted to talk it through it. And you're just – you have the same feelings to me as, like, yeah. why, would, why would we get anything else? So, yeah, it's leaning more and more towards, like, like almost a single ball at the top and just – and letting so, it all
0: play out at the, at the bottom here. So let me ask you this. What is your – like, if you would have seen Denny at X number, what is not a click for you on Denny this week? Like if you would have seen him, you're just like not even thinking twice. We're clicking that because he's six and a half right now.
1: It was it was probably going to be like eight. Is yeah, eight yeah, I think probably seven and a half, eight. It was probably going to be like an auto, like no no
0: doubter. Yeah. Um. So are you interested in Kyle at all over Denny? Like, do you need the discount to bet Kyle over Denny right now, or do you see them on pretty even playing fields? No, I think I liked Denny more.
1: Okay. Um, because yeah, I, I mean just looking overall at the kind of what I have put together here, like if we're looking at the just Kansas by itself, yeah. um Hamlin's better at driver rating, third versus fifth. We're looking at average finish, he's got a huge advantage, second versus tenth. Um yeah. if you look at the tire combo tracks, um it's fourth versus sixth, so a little closer there in average finish, but Denny is much better in qualifying second versus seventh. Yeah. Um total speed at all tracks, you know, Kyle has the advantage. Um, but total speed at um hang on, let me look at I looked at was just looking at Kansas and Michigan earlier. Um so just Kansas and Michigan, then he ranks third, Kyle's first, actually. So okay, that's yeah. that's that's tough. That's yeah. tough.
0: <laughs> the problem is right, like I would say let's like you can have time to wait it out. And we do have time to wait it out, it's only Tuesday night, but like if there's two guys that I am like a hundred percent sure are gonna be in that final poll group, like they're not starting outside the top ten. Like, we're not getting a discount in that regard. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, obviously, anything's possible, but just based on what I've been watching for the last month, two months, three months, like they're gonna show up fast. The eleven and eighteen are gonna show up fast. They're gonna qualify probably in the top two or three rows, and they're gonna be four and a half, five to one. So I don't know. Like I True X is it would like, yeah. True X at nine, I think, is probably the most like Enticing bet, I might just bet Kyle Busch and Danny Hamlin. Wash my hands. Let's let's move on to next week. Like the eighteen and eleven. Like come out and beat us. Like we're the two best cars in the field. Like come on, see what you like. Show me what you got, Hendrick. Show me what you got, Penske. You know the other JGR cars or whatever track house. Like this is a this is a place I feel like the eleven and eighteen are just going to duel all day long and dominate. That's my well, that's yeah and, and if,
1: if you, no no and but you're, you 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 your points will take it because. We just I just talked about how this new tire was tested at Pocono and who absolutely dominated Pocono, the 11 and the 18, mm-hmm. and they got DQ'd. But like I don't think that was that was just like an aerodynamic damage, uh, advantage. That wasn't a engine right. advantage or anything like that. So like yeah I I think I still would rather bet Denny over Kyle. If Denny if Denny was at like 750 and Kyle was at 800,
0: mm-hmm. I'd be in a real pickle because like then I wouldn't really know what to do. OK, so you're saying if Kyle drifted to like just even half a point more. But at the same price, you're over, you're over getting. Yeah. Yeah. OK. All right. Well, I think we've talked enough about the top of the <laughs> board. Let's let's maybe get into some sleepers for those of y'all that don't want to lace plus 650 and plus 600 or whatever for these favorites. We do have another JGR car remaining. Christopher Bell is at 12 to one uh, in this field, a uh, fifth place finisher in the spring. He was actually fifth in average speed as well or total speed. I'm sorry, not average speed. Uh, so solid metrics there, twelve to one for the last JGR car. You know, I can always be talking to that. Uh, Tyler Reddick at twelve to one, Kasey Kahne some momentum from Darlington, another guy. William Byron at fourteen to one, Logano, Harvick, and Blaney all at sixteen. So uh, C Bell and Reddick at twelve, Byron at fourteen, Logano, Harvick, and Blaney at sixteen. Um, yeah, this is this is the range I really don't have any leans in. So I'm I'm very interested to kind of hear what you have to say.
1: No leans really.
0: Um yeah. So I think I have two
1: good leans and then the rest I just feel like eh about. Okay. Um but it's at some point I do actually an off season project for me, I wanna go back and look at like so Dale Tannhardt does the things. He does it he calls what he does like Dale Center on Thursday nights. Yeah. And one of the things he does is he has he has this wall behind him and he has like people who are dead to him or people that he loves. Um, yeah. and it's, he basically bases off of like guys that have made a lot, made him, made him a lot of money or lost him a lot of money. So I do want to go back at some point and look at like <laughs> who has made a lot of money. Cause I do feel like Christopher Bell has actually made us a good bit of money as on props and stuff like that
0: this oh, year. Yeah. Um, bells the best because he's driving NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, pretty, I mean, maybe Hamlin. I mean, chase, like, I'm not going to let one bad week, like spoil chase for us, but yeah, I mean, C bell top tens have just been like auto money for, for a lot of this year.
1: Yeah. So. Christopher Bell is my probably my strongest lean, just because, yeah. you know, JGR, it's a JGR yeah. car, he's 12-1, to one. at the tire combo tracks, he's fourth in average finish, first in average qualifying, and this is the first time where the books have finally caught on to like, oh, Christopher Bell's actually good at qualifying, he's, I was going to be all over his qualifying odds again, but they have a plus 600 in qualifying, so, yeah, not going to get him, we're not going to bet that, but, yeah. so that, that that's dead in the water, but, um. He's also first in average qualifying at Kansas too, just Kansas specifically. So like Christopher Bell, if anyone does want to bet, like for sure bet, like I think Christopher Bell is very live, but yeah, um I mean yeah,
0: P- it pays almost as much as the outright on Denny. <laughs> true, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, like you yeah, if you if you pick and choose wisely, like you can it doesn't have to be the sexy outright at the, at the end of Sunday, like you can you can catch these things. And I mean Seabell was literally like I don't even know how close that was. Like he was he was beating Logano for Three quarters of that lap at Darlington on Saturday afternoon, and somehow Logano edged him. So, uh, yeah, the first time Ceballos really let us down, because I I really felt like halfway through the lap, like we we're gonna cash a nice little, oh yeah, or eighteen yeah. to one or whatever. But uh, yeah, your points well taken, twelve to one for a guy that, yeah, like you said, like if there's a guy that routinely finds himself like having his odds on race day, like it's it's Christopher Bell, you know, like he's the dude that like, oh, I mean, like you you. You're hemming and hawing, like, oh, should I take the plunge at 16 or 18 to one or whatever, like Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning or whatever, and then like Sunday morning comes, you're like, okay, let's put let's put my outright car together, and like, oh wait, he's down to nine to one, <laughs> and then all of a sudden like you're just like, well, I can't bet that. Um, yeah,
1: Christopher. So like of the two leans I have in this range, so the second guy is gonna be Kevin Harvick, obviously, but yeah. uh, of so. the two guys to bet pre qualifying, Christopher Bell, guy, like. Chris- his yep. hardwick is not going to qualify well. He he that's not something he does very well. So he, he's gonna work his way through the field and, and make his way to the front. So um uh, even though the, those are my two bigger leans in this range, Chris Bell is definitely a guy that if you if you if I've convinced you so far, or mm-hmm. you know literally first in the qualifying metric, um bet him now because that's holding on one number will be shorter come Sunday. Yeah. Um he's he's one of the other so I mentioned there's three guys who have finished top ten in total speed at all the comp tracks. Christopher Bell is one of those guys along with Denny and Ross. Um, so Christopher Bell is with 10th, 6th, 9th, 5th, and 5th. Those two fifths coming at um, Pocono in Kansas, and the 6th at Michigan. So, right there in the mix, at these, you know, obviously the comparable track being Kansas uh, itself, and then Michigan, um, and then the tire code track in Pocono. So, um, and then if you go back and look just at, um, just at Kansas specifically, um, he was he has a driver rating of twelfth and average finish of eleven. So a little further down than the other JGR guys, but um I think this open one number is is worth it. Still yep. not enough. I still haven't actually clicked anything yet though. So DraftKings um, has
0: ten. So yeah. yeah. So kinda of your point that the urgency should be there. Um yeah, I think draft I mean I think people kind of know like Toyota is going to be the most popular kind of tout of the week. Like, I feel like if you listen to any NASCAR podcast, like, we're not going to be the only ones talking about Toyotas. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I might have to. I mean, I, I'll i always bet Christopher Bell. So, like, the fact that we're so, like, so bullish on him. And, you know, he's double the price of a Hamlin or, or a Kyle Busch. And, you know, he was, like, he wasn't ever really a threat to win, I feel like, at Darlington. Like, I never thought Bell was actually going to win the race. Like, at least in the last half of it. Um, But, I mean, he was he was running up there like top five, top six pretty much routinely. So um, you know, one or two more breaks goes way, he's right there. So um yeah, Christian Bell twelve to one. Harvick is a guy at yeah, sixteen to one, I think. Um is is just all all around solid prize. It feels kinda of like the trap we were lured into um with back to back weeks there at Michigan and Richmond where like we kinda he kinda disappointed us a couple weeks in a row and then all of a sudden like everyone's off of him and he goes ahead and wins. And I think Harvick was a pretty popular bet last week and he let a lot of people down. So could be a nice little bring-back spot for him at 16-1 to one here. Um, Second driver rating, first average finish at Kansas over the last three races. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be the thing. So either I bet, like, I either i just hammer job at 18 and 11, or I've got to make the tough decision and then bet two guys in the back, or kind of the mid-range here at 12 and 16. I guess Penske-Fords, I mean, I didn't see any, anything to to point them in my initial kind of research, but you're just out on the 22 and the 12 at 16-1. to one. Because yeah. they're they they're, they stick out to me at least sixteen to one for those guys.
1: I know, yeah, it's a crazy number. And it can definitely catches your eye, but I don't. I just I can't foresee them winning. I really can't. Um, and, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to bet them anywhere, it's going to be in two weeks of Texas because we saw Blaney win at the All Star race. So, okay, I think I'm out on them probably altogether. Like I might even be fading them in, in like
0: matchups. Fair enough. I want to see where the twelve is at. Actually, the twelve's fine. OK, I-, I thought maybe Blaney was in a little bit of trouble after Darlington to like to advance past around 12, but he's sitting in, like sixth place right now. So. um, All right. Yeah. So Seabell and Harvick, the two leans kind of in the 12 to 16 range, we'll kind of get to the 18 and beyond uh, as it falls off pretty quickly on the science board. You know, when you have th- six guys under 10 to one. Uh, you can't really price too many guys in the teens, but we do have Bubba Wallace here driving that uh, aforementioned 45 car at 18 to one, Alex Bowman at 25 to one, Daniel Suarez at 28 to one, who I saw was touted by a pretty popular name in the industry, Dale Earnhardt. Uh Just, I think he clicked Daniel Suarez earlier today. He, I saw the post on Twitter, uh, Ty Gibbs, uh, another Toyota, the last Toyota on the odds board at 40 to one. And then last week's winner, Eric Jones at 50 to one, uh, right alongside Austin Cindrick and Austin Dillon. So Again, kind of slim pickings as we get kind of farther down to NASCAR is but I guess, you know, we can't really say that because we, we glossed over, like, 50 to 1 be beyond last week, and then the 43 car ends up in victory lane. So I feel like this is a bit more predictable track than maybe uh, Darlington would have been. Um, but, uh, or I, at least I don't see the, the chaos ensuing like I did last last Sunday at, at the Southern 500. But, uh, yeah, kind of 18 to, like, 40 range. Do you, do you uh, have any outright leans here, or is it all just props at this point?
1: Yeah, I'll just, pretty much all props. Um, yeah. I mean, if if I if you forced my hand and said and I want you to bet not right in this range, like it's it's going to be Bubba because you give me another Toyota in the team that just won at this track at this year at eighteen to one, where a lot of people hit Kurt at like twenty five to one, I think. So like, um, but I
0: don't know that I'm gonna. Bubba drove well in Pocono, did he not? Wasn't Pocono the track yeah where Bubba really spiked and finished second, if I'm not mistaken?
1: Uh, hang on, Bubba finished. I think you might be right,
0: actually. That wouldn't be right because Hamlin and Bush in a second. Unless so
1: he was, was... he was eighth at Pocono. Yeah, um,
0: Bubba was. He finished right up to Harvick at Michigan, right?
1: That yeah, that might be
0: actually that might be actually yeah. it. I know yeah, we it fin- is. Yes, yeah, Bubba, at, yeah, we had him. Yeah, that week. Um. Yeah, eighteen to one though. I, don't know.
1: I I yeah I was expecting more of like you asked me like what would have been an auto click for Denny I think if if Bubba was in like if Bubba was priced where. Like Bowman, Suarez, Ty Gibbs are, or I guess not Ty Gibbs, but like that twenty-five to thirty range. But Bubba would have been automatic, like, um, yeah. And I don't know what he is on
0: DK. Let me see what I can find. Just twenty. On that. Just it. Okay, twenty. Okay. Yeah. So it's a pretty pretty much consensus number from like eighteen to twenty, from what I've looked at. Um, so yeah. If, I, I'm
1: I'm assuming Bubba will be on the card in a prop scenario probably. I actually am kind of curious what his poll odds are. 12 to 1. 12 to 1 in poll odds. Thanks.
0: Nice. Damn, it's they're... Just
1: not as short as I thought it was going to be. Uh, or not as long as I thought it was going to be.
0: Um, so, where do you find the poll odds at? Because I can't find them. They're
1: on TK right now.
0: Okay. So, it's all the Toyos. I'm guessing at the top of the poll odds.
1: Yeah, so it's Trix, Kyle Busch, Hamlin, and Bill. That's all at plus 600. And then...
0: Oh. They just didn't even take a stand. They just said all oh, the JGR drivers just yep. put in
1: okay. Larson and Chaser at 800. Uh, Ross, Bubba, and Reddick are at 1200. Harvick, Blaney, Byron at 15.
0: I don't like yeah. that market at all.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, there's only one guy that I have a lean on, and it's, it's back going back to the Cendric well. Because he's... Really? They haven't learned. He's at 50-1 to 1 again. So, like... Okay. You know, it's, and it's very similar tracks to last week. So, yeah. Cendric rates out very well yeah um fourth sixth uh 20th at Pocono but then third and fifth at Las Vegas and Michigan so fourth at Kansas fifth at Michigan 50 to
0: one I mean I don't mind that yeah that'll probably be my only qualifying bet this week I can't see myself betting anything else yeah I think I think we've definitely found the the avenue to betting centric it's just like (laughs) if you see him anywhere near his outright number as far as like qualifying you just bet him because like, he, he qualifies routinely better than his Penske teammates. Like, obviously, Logano won the poll last week, but like, he's he shows speed like, for the one lap on Saturday, and then the race happens, and uh, he's falling back pretty fast. But uh, yeah, yeah.
1: But I do want to talk about Alex Bowman. Yeah, gonna, yeah um, yeah. not from an outright perspective, but I and he's almost, I mean, you can just go ahead and like bet the top 10 number because he's sitting at. <laughs> plus 100 to be a top 10 okay um i'm considering even further than that i'm considering a top five bit on Alex bowman at plus 425 um at these tire combo tracks he has an average finish of a third um at kansas alone drive rating of 10th average finish of seventh in the last three races there uh, and then um yeah so and then this past year or this past this past so this year at Kansas he finished ninth. So the top ten feels like a lock. Um, mm-hmm. top five I think would be would be a nice number to hit. Um, I don't know if we'll get that or not, but hey, I think it's I think it's juicy. I think it's worth playing, especially seeing the fact that his finishes at these hit the comp tracks for the tire combo and all that. Um, his average finish of those tracks is eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, yeah. first, and ninth.
0: So And the good thing about Bowman, almost similar to that of Bell, like I think obviously like they're priced this way for a reason. Like they're not as likely to win as their teammates that are, you know, higher in stature or maybe, you know, a bit more high profile, like a Hamlin or Chase Elliott or something like that. But one thing I have noticed about Bowman, maybe into a lesser to guard, like bell is up here, but Bowman's a little bit further down, like in terms of like, but they have similar profiles in that. Like, I don't really see Bowman getting into a ton of trouble, you know, like Bowman, like kind of keeps his nose pretty clean. I feel like, and, uh, I don't know if that has to do with his racing style or his temperament, but he's not a guy that you that I worry is going to like throw away his day um, very often. So I do like I do like that angle about kind of leaning on Bowen more as like a top ten play than than an outright win uh, for a lot of these weeks, and that's not really exactly a hot take because he hasn't won since Martinsville last year. Or no, he won in Vegas, Vegas this, year. Vegas this year. Yeah. Um. Which there you go, a little little contract, comp, comp right? So exactly. Uh, yeah, so I I don't mind that at all. It's a little Bowman. Not um... to
1: mention, there's also uh, start a little rumor mill here. Oh, yeah. I came across a tweet about two hours ago that there's apparently some rumors floating around that Kyle has narrowed his teams down to Colic, twenty three eleven, and um, RCR and Hendrick, and there's a rumor that Hendrick would move Bowman down to RCR. Axe the 48, bring back the 25 for Kyle Bush. So, if there's any way or any time for Bowman to kind of prove some doubters wrong, he this should. might be your week to say, Hey, I'm still here and I'm still good because the Kyle Bush rumor train is flowing.
0: Wasn't Kyle Bush the one that called Bowman a hack in the first place? Uh, Denny. Denny did that. Is that Denny? Okay. I knew it was one of the JGR guys because it was after Martinsville, right? When, when yeah. Bowman shoved him out of the way okay that makes more sense um well okay that's the first like official we've ever heard about Kyle to HMS because like it's it's been kind of like a, a floating around in like our circles because like that'd be obviously a dream scenario to see Kyle Busch in like a HMS car but um yeah I mean Bowman's for the equipment he's in like he can't really argue with it you know what I mean like we've been kind of saying it for a long time like who would drive you would you presume is on the hot seat the most of like all these kind of top teams and it's kind of a clear black like, sheep situation, I think, in that 48 car. So, yeah, I, I, I like Alex Bowman personally. Uh, I don't know if I just have a soft spot for, like, the fourth the fourth seat on all these teams. Because well, yeah.
1: Like, and I, yeah, and I wouldn't be opposed to this, like, either. Like, I think Bowman actually be a really good fit at RCR, to be completely yeah. honest with you. Like, I actually kind of like that.
0: Yeah. We didn't even talk about Eric Jones winning. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. <laughs> like, I mean, you were – first of all, you were absolutely right about Eric Jones, the fact that, like – I mean the 43. The fact that he took the 42 cut of Victory Lane is like that's match He won the Southern 500 and the 43. Um, his, and it's his second Southern half. His second Southern 500. Yeah, he won the TGR too. To go back and like look at the stats and the analytics before like all my prep work beforehand that kind of pointed to Eric Jones. Like he finished. I don't know what he finished in the Darlington Spring Race, but he was, like, fifth and seventh, I think, in the two stages. So, like, he was running up front for a lot of that race in Darlington. So, um, I, I, like you said on Sunday night, I don't think we've been to ever place an outright on him, but, like, the fact that we weren't on, like, a top 10 capacity, top five. But it does kind of show that, like, Eric, when he's, like, at one of his tracks, like, don't be afraid to push the button on, like, a top five or top 10 because he... That that team, old, or at least that 43 team, not necessarily the 42, but they've shown the ability to run with these top cars and a lot of these speedways that um that don't has historically liked so um yeah that was a really cool finish and obviously cost us a Hamlin ticket but maybe you know at least we we learned a little bit about the 43 you know in the fact that like he has an upside and and, you know it's it's always nice when you get he gets the win at the place that like makes sense yeah you know what i mean because it just it just further it's further instills the belief you have or the intrinsic belief you have um at him at particular type of tracks so um yeah, also went for the 43. Um, yeah, hindsight's,
1: I, hindsight's always 20-20, but, like, looking back at my model, like right. I could I could have definitely talked myself into some prop bets. Like, he had a ninth, drive rate of ninth at Darlington his career and 8th in average finish. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like I said, and I texted you guys that in the group chat when we were coming in those, those last, like, 20 so laps or whatever with Denny in second. I said, you know, like, if, if our ticket doesn't hit, I'm not going to be mad to see... EJ. Yeah. It was like it was like the top four at that point. Like there was like none of the top four that I was gonna be mad about because we had Redick up there.
0: Who was well, the, the other guy? Been too happy but.
1: No, yeah, there was somebody else that was up there before Logano.
0: Redick. It was Redick, Hamlin, Logano. Oh no. Yeah, Redick, Hamlin, EJ Logano. That's I think was the those the two first two rows. I'm almost positive. I can go back to the group chat if you want to
1: stop. I, I don't think you're right. But because <laughs> <laughs> I remember I literally remember thinking like I would not be mad about any of these top four. I don't think I would have said
0: that if Logano was sitting up there. Interesting. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, Bell. Bell was up there.
1: Was for Bell. yep.
0: OK. Yep, yep. Yeah. No, it was just Logano passed Bell like on the first corner. Bell restarted like garbage all day long. He restarted like trash um, and then obviously Hamlin had some pit crew troubles like down the stretch, like he lost like three or four spots, mm-hmm. which on a restart sucks at Darlington because like the the front like the guy on the outside front row just gets like he's an automatic leader. Just gets I'm sent. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, some kind of poorly timed bad pit pit crew um, pit stops, but that's just part of the course for Denny. And then. Yeah, Bell just always seemed to lose. Like, no matter where he was, top or bottom, we always seemed to lose uh, like a spot or two, which is kind of frustrating. He'd, he'd get it back like over the course of the long run. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that going forward. But it was frustrating to watch as someone with a big time Bell lean ticket and future. So um, yeah, that's all. I think that's all we got to say. I mean, <laughs> unless you got a Ty Gibbs take for me at 40 to one, because I'm ready to click it. No, I, no, I don't. Well, <laughs> I mean,
1: if i can find a which i didn't have we didn't have any race specials on bovado last week which is kind of disappointing because i like looking at those race specials but if we get something like all toyota's finished in the top 10 and like a good number i would probably bet that okay um but there's one other guy that i do want to kind of end off on it's actually awesome dylan um oh. we're at a d-shaped high speed intermediate like this is the track that he's you just talked about hey let's not let's not have an oversight on guys that like tracks they're good at. This is a track that yeah. Austin Dillon's good at. I think this is I think Austin Dillon needs to realize and he probably knows that this is his best opportunity to get through the next round. This is the track that he can do it at. So um I'll also be looking at a top 10 on him as well. I think he was listed at like plus 175 earlier today. I kind of like that number. Um I like to I would like for it to be a little deeper. Um but um yeah average finish of eighth at Kansas over the last three. Um and at these tire combo tracks this year, he has an average finish of eighth as well. So, both scenarios like trending the right direction at these tracks. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, like a top five, top ten. I don't think we're betting the outright at sixty
1: oh, no, no, six no no no, no. Just... no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No. top ten definitely. Top ten is probably, okay. and or if I can find like a like a more trendy, not trendy is not the right word, but a more enticing um, like prop matchup. Like yeah, if he's like... matched up against like Kozlowski, centric Something like that. Yeah, I don't know if they would match him up with them, though. Like, I'm trying to think who they would actually match him up against. Like, I could see them matching him up against the Suarez. And I think I would do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would you'd surely, like, have some juice on that, too. Because, I mean, he's 66. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly. Probably get him at, like, 30, something like that. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Well, uh, yeah, so we'll keep posted, obviously. This is the kind of pitfalls of recording on Tuesday night. We have limited options in terms of bets to make. But, as always, stay tuned to the Twitter page. Uh, Chris will be the... uh be the lone poster for another week uh here as we go through kansas but good news next week we'll be back in full programming obviously chris will be doing the the marquee event of the week with bristol the cutoff race uh for the round of 16 and then i'll be doing the uh opening salvo with Fiji Tour season in 2023 the fortinet championship from silverado so um yeah one more week without golf but uh hopefully we can uh maybe cash a couple tickets here in the nascar world and uh subside those uh those urges but Yeah, man, I guess we'll just kind of go real quick through the odds board and kind of Chris's initial leans uh, at the top. Uh, We like Hamlin. We like Kyle Busch. We like Truex. Um, I mean, at least one of those guys is going to be on the card, I would assume. Kind of a sub 10 to 1. Hamlin's the main lead for Chris as of Tuesday night. Uh, We have Christopher Bell at 12 to 1 as another potential lean. Kevin Harvick at 16 to 1. Also, um, yeah, Bubba Wallace, Alex Bowman, and Austin Dillon. Kind of placement bets, uh, top 5, top 10 kind of bets. And then maybe special consideration to an Austin Citric poll uh, that we've been kind of riding for a long time, 50, 61, somewhere in there. So uh, that's what the card's looking at, or that's what the, uh, that's what our leans are looking like late on Tuesday night. But as usual, like I said earlier, stay tuned to flag hunting's Twitter page and we'll get all those bets out for you uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, somewhere in there. Um, But yeah, Chris, that was uh, a lot of fun. And I, I, if anything else, even though we didn't catch the ticket in Darlington, I feel good about our Hamlin Bell futures. I mean, the fact that, uh, I mean, I don't Hamlin's got to be the favorite right now, is he not? Like, I don't want to jinx anything, but I think uh, I think a lot of people that listen to us have an eight to one on Hamlin, and I don't know what the number is right now. Probably like six, to, or six. It's,
1: it's six fifty now. I was, I was like yeah. just trying to find that. Uh,
0: so Chris, Christopher Bell has actually went
1: down. He's now he's eighteen eight. to one. Yeah.
0: I, I – I'll be honest. I re-upped on Bell at eighteen to one last week, and I would be I'd be happy to do the same. Like I might just keep buying away until they like price him properly for me. Um. So I've already got I've already got plenty on Hamlin. So if Hamlin wins, I'll be I'll be more than happy. But yeah, Bell at eighteen to one is definitely tempting. And, and like you said, Renegade at sixteen, like it's it's getting like he's gonna make it to the round of twelve, and then he's got every chance to win at Homestead and the Rebel. So
1: it's kind of like. I mean, more than that. I mean, you're talking about... Well, yeah. So, yeah, the Roval. Homestead. said, I wouldn't count him out at Martinsville. Like, he's been a contender at these short tracks this year. I wouldn't count him out at Bristol, for that matter. Like, True. I really think... Like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm biased as hell. Like, you guys, if you're listening, you know I'm a Reddick <laughs> fan. Like, I'm very biased here. But, like, the only track that, like, scares me for Redick is Talladega. Yeah. And that's, that and that's, should scare terrible. anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Scares any Hamlin. No, yeah. For and
1: like, sure. and, and the only, the only thing that scares me about that next round for our Hamlin and Bell futures is Talladega da- oh. and the Roval. Um, so yeah. we really need them to kind of hit, we need them to hit and make a lot of, a lot of points at Kansas and Texas
0: right. because the is they're both in the top four right now. So yeah. they would, I mean, we obviously like them this week and you know bristol's a solid track i think for both for jgr in general um so i think they're gonna hopefully have enough points in the bank to where they won't need um you know obviously you can't afford a bad finish but you won't need like a, a crazy good finish at those two kind of bogey tracks for them and then uh we know what the how dangerous they will be if they get to phoenix so um yeah you know one weekend we're already victor lapping but <laughs> i do feel good about you know toys in general and um yeah i think we'll just keep on riding this until it till the wheels fall off because in my opinion there's one team at the top and everyone else is kind of looking up um at those Joe Gibbs cars so yeah I think that'll do it for flag hunting this week unless Chris has something to add nope I was just gonna say like
1: yeah I completely agree we've been on this take for a while and it's not necessarily a hot take by any means like we're not out here breaking news but um we hope you join us on those on those features because yeah we feel good about them so you should too um, I know that I know the only person shrugging in their head right now is Rory as he's listening to this because Rory just hates Toyotas. He just hates all Toyotas. So <laughs> that's probably why he sent us that message last week about my model, my model not being good. <laughs> yeah,
0: we got to get Rory back on the uh, back on the podcast, man. Oh, uh, actually, I hear-
1: spoiler alert, spoiler alert. He's coming on for Bristol.
0: OK, well, there you go. That's next week. <laughs> that's next week. <laughs> okay well then my wishes were granted like literally <laughs> in six days so <laughs> hell yeah we're going for bristol that'll be i think he's going to bristol is he
1: not he and skybox oh, i skybox. think are both going to bristol and i'm considering it um i think they already ha- they already have all their tickets purchased already but i'm gonna
0: see if i can uh if i can meet up with them at the race because i really want to go to bristol i really do yeah, yeah. so i moved uh, i moved a solid 10 hours further away from bristol this past <laughs> weekend but uh maybe as the years go by maybe if they ever get bristol concrete back in the spring that'd be maybe a better time for me than the fall but um yeah either way something to look forward to for next week for flag hunting hopefully we'll have some extra money in our pockets uh from this week in kansas but yeah chris and ian signing off and uh, let's catch some tickets let's do it we'll see you guys next week